Greetings, everyone. You're tuned in to another session of Let's Talk Jesus. I'm Rayshard Pinkney. I want you to get close and get your Bibles and follow me in the scripture. And let's have a conversation that matters. I want to address a question of concern. And it's basically along the lines of once saved, always saved. So once you get saved, you're always saved. Jesus paid it all. There's nothing else for you to do to obtain or retain your salvation. I'd like to elaborate on that and make that a little more clear. And I want to do that by getting you to understand what it means for you to be saved. When you are saved, the word saved means to be delivered from. When you are pronounced saved, you have been delivered from something. Now, the salvation that Jesus brought is not a fleshly salvation. The salvation that Jesus brought for mankind, for the human world, was not a fleshly salvation. What do you mean? The salvation that Jesus brought is not deliverance from drinking. The salvation that Jesus brought is not deliverance from adultery, smoking and all. That's not what Jesus brought. The salvation that Jesus brought to save mankind was to rid man of the sin of Adam. So then when you become saved, you're only dealing with the Adamite sin. The sin that Adam put upon you, Jesus Christ died for, and you accept that through water baptism. I've taught that on many occasions, so you would want to listen listen to the other teachers on that. Anybody that's saved, they have received the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and the sin of Adam have been removed from you. The other sins or the sins of the flesh, should I say, those sins will be in your flesh until the day you leave the earth. The reason you can know that is because it's appointed unto man once to die. No salvation will stop you from making that appointment. All must die. Huh? So when you accept the salvation of Jesus Christ, you're only accepting removal of the Adamite sin. So then that is the once saved always saved because anybody that got the sin of Adam removed from them, they no longer have to get rebaptized. They no longer have to go back to the water and get baptized again. The only reason that you would need to get rebaptized is because you were baptized wrong. And you have scriptures in the book of Acts that will show you when you're baptized wrong or if you use an expired baptism, then you need to be rebaptized. Other than that, The thing that Jesus did is good all the way up until he returned. For he is that high priest that entered into the holy place once and for all. So he don't have to go every year. 
He don't have to go back into the most holy place. He entered into the holy place once and for all, and no longer do he have to go and submit another uh, atonement for sin. So the once saved, always saved, this gives people a license to live any type of way after they have received the salvation from Jesus Christ. After they have received the baptism and to remove the sin of Adam, the once saved, always saved doctrine allows people to go on in their life and not look back, but to go on and to disregard what Jesus did for them. If you accept the salvation that Jesus Christ gave you, if a preacher done a great job of teaching you that even after you receive salvation uh, through water baptism, that started the process of your salvation. It did not complete the process. It started the process. So that's the thing that you only have to do one time, and that is to get the baptism. You must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The reason the gift of the Holy Ghost is important is because the gift of the Holy Ghost is a keeper. The gift of the Holy Ghost is not a savior. It's a keeper. What has come to do? It come to keep you in remembrance of the things that were taught to you by the word of God. That's why Jesus said it. He said it in the scripture. He said it will bring back to you whatsoever I have said. That's why he called it the comforter. Jesus called the Holy Ghost the comforter because it comes and brings back to your remembrance whatsoever I have said. So then the things that the Holy Ghost bring to your remembrance is the things that Jesus believes. It's the things that Jesus stands on, the principles of Jesus Christ. You ain't got to hear the whole Bible to have what the Holy Ghost have for you. The Holy Ghost will bring back to your remembrance the things which Jesus have said. You might not even have read the scripture, but your spirit will stand up. Your spirit will be vexed at anything that's against the will of God. And this is why it's important for us to get the Holy Ghost, because the scripture teaches us that you will need no man to teach you anything. It says, but that the Holy Ghost will give you all that you need. So, when you're talking about being saved, you're only talking about receiving the baptism and getting the Adam sin removed off of you. But you need a keeper, something to keep you saved. Because as we all know, the flesh wars against the spirit. As we all know, the flesh never lets up. The flesh will continuously battle you. The flesh will continuously try to get you to turn away from the will of God. And so therefore you need the Holy Ghost, which is not a fleshly nature, but it's a spiritual nature. It's a holy nature. That nature will keep your flesh from controlling you. That nature will keep your flesh from ruling you. And so this is how you stay saved. The keeper is governing you. The keeper is keeping you from doing the things that is contrary to the word of God. Jesus is not going to stop you from doing the things that your flesh desire. He gave you power. That's why the scriptures say after that. Scripture teaches in Acts 1 and 9. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and into all Judea 
and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. These people that Jesus is talking to already received the baptism. So the sin of Adam had already been removed from them. But you need power to walk this Christian journey. We live in a secular world. We live in a fleshly minded world, a carnal minded world. So you need a spiritual power to govern you while you go through this life. We need food. We need housing. We need transportation. We some of us need companionship. But you need the Holy Ghost to govern all those things to keep you from being a transgressor. And this is why people, they fall off after they receive the baptism of Jesus Christ, because they don't understand that the Holy Ghost is the thing that you need to obtain in order to complete salvation. That's why the scripture says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Work out. So you need after you receive that first step, you need something to help you work out. Don't you know when you get a job, they don't just send you out there to work. They give you training. And then once they give you that training, that training is there to keep you employed. If you never get any training, you won't get that. You won't stick with that employment. They won't keep you around. So this is what the Holy Ghost does. The Holy Ghost is given by God, by Jesus Christ, his son, to let us stay around, to keep us around. The baptism of Jesus Christ puts you into the church of God. And the Holy Ghost keeps you in the church of God. This is why so many people go in and out, in and out, in and out. And we're not just talking about attendance into a physical building. We're talking about their heart goes back to the world. We're talking about their heart turning back to the things of this world. That is because the Holy Ghost is not your anchor. When the Holy Ghost is your anchor, then it keeps you in perfect peace. It keeps your mind stable. So you're not jumping around trying to figure out what you believe and what you don't believe. The Holy Holy Ghost believe all the things of God. God of mine. The Holy Ghost believed the afterlife. It believed when Jesus said that the meek will inherit the earth. The Holy Ghost will help you be a believer that the meek will one day inherit the earth. If God said, so I give you a scripture that we will take a look at here. Uh, Matthews 24 and 12. So once saved, you've been saved. All right. But how do you complete this salvation? It's not complete when you just get baptized. Let's just keep hammering that home. If you've been baptized, your sin from Adam have been removed. By one man, sin brought into the world. By one man, sin is removed out of the world. Sin was brought in by Adam. Sin was taken away by Jesus. But how do you complete your salvation? That salvation he told you to work out with fear and trembling. What does it mean when it says he paid it all? That's what Jesus paid all. He paid all of that sin. Nobody could come along and be the second man, Adam. Because every other person was born after a fleshly seed. You and I, everybody that's listening to me, we were born from a fleshly seed. So there's no way for you and I to be Adam. 
Adam was a created being. He was not born after the will of the flesh. Neither was Jesus. Jesus, the seed that was put in Mary, was not a seed of man. This is why Mary was so confused. Because she said, I know not a man. How could I have become pregnant? And the angel told her, this seed that you have is of the Holy Ghost. This is why you and I can't be Adam. Huh? Even John the Baptist was born with the Holy Ghost, but John the Baptist had a fleshly father. Jesus, he had a spiritual father. God was his father. Huh? So we can't be Adam. Huh? So Jesus was the only one that was qualified to remove the sin that Adam brought upon the whole world. So how do we complete this salvation? Because once saved, always saved is not right. How do we complete it? Huh? I want to read something for you. Matthew 24 and 12. It say, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now, do you agree that you already were saved? The scripture teaches in Mark 16 and 16, the scripture teaches in Mark 16 and 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. So you already saved. It says he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But if you notice that word say believeth. Uh, so it ain't just a one time thing. That word says believeth. That means after you have received your baptism, you must continue to believe in order to complete your salvation. This is why I don't believe in the two baptisms. People say you got to be baptized with the water and then you got to be baptized with the spirit. The scripture teaches in Ephesians, in Ephesians 4, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Not two. Huh? Two baptism would mean, okay, I got one, and now I need to get another one. I'm trying to tell you that the baptism that you have received in water in the name of Jesus Christ is just the start of what your salvation is. If you don't complete it, then you never will save. If you don't complete the salvation of, of getting Adam's sin removed off of you, you never will save. The whole purpose for you to get the sin removed off of you is so that you can complete your salvation. Do you understand? So he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. So not a different one. It say the same shall be saved. That same one that believed and got baptized that person will be saved if he can, if he complete his salvation. This, this person will be saved. This person will enter into the kingdom of God. So then when Jesus said he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, he'll present unto you, uh, he'll present unto himself a glorious church. Uh, he'll present without spot or wrinkle. When he say that he's going to present unto himself a, a person faultless before his father. He's going to present you faultless before his father. This is not the flesh. Uh, this is not the flesh. 
Hmm? You with me? This is not the flesh. Matter of fact, go to 21. Let me just get to the point. I want to show you something. First Peter 3 and 21. It said, A like figure whereunto even baptism doeth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you see that? The baptism of Jesus Christ, the baptism that removed the sin of Adam, is not for your flesh. This is why you ain't got to sit up there and lie to people. Talking about, when I went down in the water, I didn't have a taste of drinking no more. If God was removing the taste of drinking from you, it happened without the baptism. The baptism of Jesus Christ don't have nothing to do with your drinking. It don't have nothing to do with your smoking. All the works of the flesh, the water baptism have nothing to do with any of that. The water baptism only removed the sin of Adam from your soul. So then the filth of the flesh is for the protection of each other. How can I say that I love you as my brother and I do things that hurt you? I try to murder you. I try to commit adultery on you. I try to commit fornication with you. That don't affect God. That affect my brother. So then that's why God put the law in place so that brothers and sisters would know how they are harming each other. You're not harming God until you don't forgive, until you don't consider the person that you're harming. That's when you harm God. God ain't stutting about your fleshly ways because still you will die. A healthy man is going to die like a man intoxicated. You don't hear me today. A molester going to die just like a man that loves his family. God ain't stutting about the flesh. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the scriptures say that Father is seeking such to worship him. He's looking for that type of person that's going to worship him the right way. So the filth of the flesh is something that you and I pay attention to. The filth of the flesh is something that you and I consider ungodly. And because it affects us, God refrains us from doing it. And he only penalizes us if it affects another person. This is why the scriptures say, and when iniquity shall abound. Sin, there's no grade to sin. In God's eyes, sin is sin. To you and I, there are levels to sin. This is why when people say, oh, where was God when them children got murdered? Where's God over there with all that fighting that's going on in Israel? Where's God? Fleshly devastation don't move God. God killed uh, flesh his own self. If you go through the scripture, the flood wiped out a land. Uh, that's why people were trying to get into Noah's ark and they couldn't get into the ark because God closed the door. Noah could not open the door. God closed the door and he closed the door because they would not consider him. Any, any people, any nation, anybody that don't consider God, then God will not consider you. Huh? So I'm trying to show you that the separation between uh, what God feels and what you feel is two different things. You're trying to put God with you and God say my thoughts. 
my ways are not your ways. He says, as far as the heavens is from the earth, he says, so are my ways from your ways. Hmm? So then we must consider that our flesh is defiled. Our flesh is already condemned. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The world was already condemned. So then the purpose for us to do right, the purpose for us to consider one another is so that we would love one another. He said, how can you say that you love God in whom you have never seen? He said, but your brother whom you see every day, he said, you the one that's lying. Tell me this, if you defile your own body, if you harm your own body, then what kind of person of help can you be to somebody else? If I'm a drunkard and I like to drink and that's all I'm going to do is drink, what kind of help can I be to somebody else? See, that's why God is, that's why these sins impact God is because you can't be a help to somebody else if you fully intoxicated, if you all if you all abused and and God want a people that is considerate of one another. That's his commandment. He said the greatest commandment is that you love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He said, and love thy neighbor as thyself. I'm a little happy today. So then that's the thing that God considers. That's the thing that God worries about. That is the thing that God uh, holds us up to a standard on is that we are considerate to one another. And the scripture that we're starting here reading in Matthew, it tells us that when iniquity shall abound, it says the love of many will wax cold. Iniquity is a hidden sin. Iniquity is a sin that's not manifested. Iniquity. There can be two people that's fornicating them, a man and a woman fornicating. And that woman can get pregnant. She got to walk around with the shame of that belly. But that man is just as guilty of the fornication as that woman. But they can't see his fornication. They can only see her fornication. That's iniquity. And the word of God is saying the times that we're living in, if you read up, you'll see that it's talk about wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes and diverse places. It say all these are the beginning of sorrows. It say because iniquity have abound. Everybody walking around here in the church world with secrets, everybody walking around here in the church world, not being honest. Everybody walking around here in the church world, not telling the truth on their condition. And he say iniquity have abound. And when iniquity abound, all this hidden sin, all this sin that we're trying to cover up and trying to put down like it ain't happened. He say when this have abound, the word abound mean plentiful. It doesn't got so big until it's about to reproduce. It's about to happen to our next generation. Our next generations are about to experience the very things that we are doing if we don't come clean before the law. He said when iniquity have abound, 
He said the love of many will wax cold. This is why the love and the warmth that you used to feel in a church of God don't exist no more. You feel judgment. You feel people that's trying to uh, belittle you. You feel people that's trying to demean you. But God is telling us if you want to fix that problem, he said the iniquity that you're hiding, he said you got to come clean with it. Huh? That's what he means. He said, the iniquity shall abound. He said, the love of many shall wax cold. He said, but he that have shall endure to the end. God of mine. When you started with God, you started with God telling the truth. When you started with God, you started with God humbling yourself. He said, if my people which are called by my name, when he called you, you humbled yourself because you knew that he was a greater power. You knew that you needed him. He said, when you come to that place once again, he said, that person will be saved. And we have to do that all the way to the end. You can't just do it in your beginning. A lot of us done it in our beginning. Once saved, always saved. I ain't got to repent like that no more. You do have to repent like that again because your flesh will deceive you and make you think that you're better than what you are. Make you think you don't need God like you do. But I'm telling you, if you want to endure to the end, you're going to have to go back to that original state, that original state of humility where God was greater than all of us. That's why it's no good of trying to hide and, and pretend as if you have no faults. Everybody don't need to know your faults, but you need to be real and tell God, I am a sinner and I need you to save me. I don't care if you've been baptized. You've got to come back to that original state of humility. God, Lord Jesus, save me. And he'll not only save you by his baptism. But he will complete that baptism by filling you with his Holy Ghost. And that Holy Ghost will keep you. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost will keep you. It'll keep you when you don't want to be kept. When you want to do wrong. When wrong is on your will. The Holy Ghost will give you the power to turn. I want to teach a lesson on what, how the Holy Ghost is separate from faith. Um, the Holy Ghost teach you what to do. And your faith help you to do it. But I want you to know that in the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 5, um, I believe around the 19th verse, the fruit of the Spirit have a piece of faith in it. Huh? I just told you that the Holy Ghost tell you what to do. Faith help you to do it. But in the Holy Ghost, there's a portion of faith that when you get so weak, and the word got to give you faith. But if you ain't even around the word, if the word ain't even being preached to you, if you claim you're not hearing the word wherever you at, faith is in the Holy Ghost. And that's all you need to endure to the end. He say the same, he'll say. There you have it. You just heard another session of Let's Talk Jesus. I'm Ray Shard, and if you would like to hear these sessions live and in person, email me at letstalkjesus at hotmail.com. Until next time, stay blessed.